Looking for the deep ball. Touchdown, Ohio State, Garrett Wilson. This is the Thursday episode of the High Motor Podcast. Andrew Dowdy, Chase Kitty, here talking college football on the High Motor Podcast, entering a week nine that now sits at 43 games after that Wisconsin-Nebraska cancellation came down earlier today. We're talking here late on Wednesday. That came down earlier today. The If we're not counting the initial cancellations a couple months ago, that I believe, unless I'm just having a brain fart here, the highest profile cancellation thus far. Uh, basically, I don't want to say like I saw this coming, but after you're wiping out Wisconsin's uh, depth charter quarterback, you kind of wonder who else has it in the program. So it's not all that surprising. And we're sitting here now at 43 games after that Wisconsin-Nebraska cancellation. Still a lot of high-level games, a lot of intriguing games. Uh, on the schedule, were you going to bet on that game before it was canceled? Did you have time to look at that before it was wiped off? Well, I saw early in the week what was going on with the quarterback thing, and I was like, okay, well then, I'm, I'm th- we're just done here. Like, even even if I wanted to back a side, uh, particularly the Wisconsin side, as soon as I start seeing the quarterback situation, that's an I'm out. I don't really even want to look at the number. I'm not interested. So you don't even wait to see if it moves so much and. I mean, like we're talking about the four-string quarterback here. You lose Jack Cohn, you lose uh, Graham Mertz, you lose Chase Wolf. Now you go to Danny Vandenboom, and the number two quarterback is a true freshman kid who was committed to a D2 school a year ago now. So even though you didn't even want to look at to see where the line moved, as soon as that happens, you are completely done and don't care at all. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. I think when you when you look at what happened with, with uh, Wisconsin last week, it's not like their run game looked like it had the last couple years where it was just absolutely machine-like. And mm-hmm. Nebraska didn't look like some pushover against Ohio State last week. They looked like, even though they're you know they're probably not where Nebraska fans want them to be or think of them as, they also didn't look like Maryland either. So I didn't want to try to figure all that out and parse those details. And unless I was going to get some crazy number... Some massive overcorrection. I just I thought there were better numbers on the board this week to look at. Let's get into a handful of games here, and then per usual at the end, we'll talk about best bets, starting with one, West Virginia, K-State. West Virginia in this game, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, you asked me if this line surprised me, and I wasn't that surprised by it, by it because in the, I mean, I don't know how many episodes now you've talked about how the K-State line has, in your opinion, been a mistake most weeks this year, and I think even going back to the last couple of years. So in that aspect, it didn't surprise me. If I heard and hadn't heard about you talk about that K-State line so often, yes, it would have surprised me. West Virginia being a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, they're at home, correct? Yeah, yeah, at home. This against, is in Morgantown, yeah. Yeah, yeah, in Morgantown against a K-State team, 4-1 and overall, 4-0 in the conference. I think the defense is improving quite a bit. This line didn't surprise me based on what you had said, but did it surprise you? And are you taking either side in this? It was, I don't want to say that it surprised me like some of the other ones going back a few weeks. I mean, Kansas State opened as an 11-point underdog going to Fort Worth. That was kind of shocking. Right. Uh, the, the Texas Tech line, I think, was like a pick. It was in Manhattan. I mean, that was kind of weird. This one, it wasn't like, whoa, that line is wrong. But it was still a little bit of a, a double-take situation after last week where Kansas State absolutely just gives it to Kansas and West Virginia 
loses really, really uninspiringly in Lubbock. Then you come back and you see West Virginia fa- uh, favored as three plus the hook. But I do think this line makes, I don't want to say it makes sense, but I know what's going on here, which mm-hmm. is this is kind of a bait Kansas State line. Skylar Thompson's out. And I think the big difference when you look at this game is everybody is kind of wise to the Kansas State stuff now. So I would actually put this line in a slightly different category than some of these other questionable Kansas State lines because when you look at what's going on, this is the profile of this particular game is the classic public underdog where more than 60% of the of the tickets and more than 60% of the money, it's a relatively even ticket money split, uh, more than 60% of both are on Kansas State here. The fact that West Virginia is not just a three-point favorite, but a three-and-a-half-point favorite further suggests to me that the book is trying to encourage you to take Kansas State. I will be on West Virginia in this game. The defense against Kansas State's backup quarterback, I understand he has a couple of starts now. But I think West Virginia is, when you're looking at the number, clearly the right side to be on here. A couple SEC games I want to talk about, then we'll get to the big one, Ohio State, Penn State. Uh, At the end here, the first one is LSU-Auburn. This one's in Baton Rouge. LSU gets the win over Ole Miss last week. They looked a hell of a lot better than they did in the last few weeks. Or excuse me, Auburn got the win over Ole Miss. They looked uh, a little bit better, I thought, than they did against South Carolina. LSU coming off of that win themselves. Where is the public perception at, do you think, on LSU now? Because their troubles have been so highly publicized. Obviously, we know about all the departures of the offseason, but over the first month of the season, their troubles and their struggles have been so highly publicized and so highly talked about. Where do you think the public perception is on LSU right now, and can that help you play one side of this game? Uh, Yeah, I think it probably could. I think both of these teams have had some embarrassing spots early this season. Uh, I think both of these teams have been publicly criticized on certainly a regional and in in the case of LSU, definitely a national level. Uh, When you look at this line in particular, this line actually opened at Auburn minus one and has been bet all the way to LSU minus three. So I think the the movement suggests support from both the public and some professionals, uh, some sharps on the LSU side of this. For me, this is Auburn or pass. I understand. I mean, I, I was leading the charge a couple weeks ago, betting South Carolina and fading Auburn. So I, I'm, I'm not some just Auburn sycophant or anything, but I think Auburn's the right side to be on here. The home dog. It feels like maybe they've figured some things out, and I'm just not willing to lay points with LSU on the road against a decent team. There is a big difference betting against Vanderbilt than, say, you know, betting against South Carolina and, and then going on the road and playing against Auburn. So I do think the fact that LSU, it, it kind of looked like clicked some things into gear last week, could scare some people off here a little bit, but... I feel like the likelihood that they repeat their performance against the Gamecocks that they had last week is unlikely. And so here for me, it's Auburn as a home dog or pass. The other SEC one is one that I'm extremely intrigued by uh, just personally seeing how Arkansas goes into College Station and plays a wildly improved Arkansas team. We've talked about that quite a bit this year. Both teams are coming off of buys. A&M at Bavada right now, 12 and a half. You had mentioned seeing, or excuse me, 12 right now. You had mentioned seeing 
12 and a half in this. Uh, one question for you here. When both teams are coming off a bye, do you care at all? Does that play into your thinking? And the second one, are you on either side of this game or is it not as intriguing of a betting opportunity as I think it is of the game itself? Your question about buys is an interesting one. I would say I probably, I, I might want to give an edge to the coach that I have more faith in. And it's been really cool to see what Arkansas has done so far. But I, I you know, you just know what you're getting with Jimbo Fisher in terms of the resume and the longer, you know, span of success. I understand that that hasn't completely translated to Texas A&M yet, but still he's a national championship winning coach. So you've got to trust that coming off a bye, he's going to have at least a decent game plan. I think this is an interesting game for a couple reasons. The number is kind of funky, 12, 12 and a half. That's kind of in that no man's land that you see between 10 and 11 to 13 and 14. You don't see a lot in that 12 to 12 and a half range. You're usually on one side of it or the other. So that's one of the things I think that's interesting about this. Arkansas has been pretty consistent. We kind of know who they are this year. They're a good, not great SEC team. They're going to be competitive. We kind of know what they what they are, what they're doing. They've been consistent. A&M is, is a little less consistent, and, and it seems like maybe they're trending in the right direction. They get the win over Florida. I thought Mississippi State was a classic letdown spot for them two weeks ago. Not only do they win that game, but they cover. They win by double digits. Uh, so... In one way, I could make the case that that both teams are trending in the right direction, but A&M may be peaking higher right now. Uh, I still think if you want to bet this, I'd probably lean toward Arkansas plus the points just because it's it's more than 10 points, and I feel like this is going to be a pretty competitive game. Uh, So I think there are a lot better spots that I would want to look at before I bet this game, but if you want to bet it, I'd say Arkansas plus the points is maybe where I lean toward more. And the last one here before we get to your best bets, a game that lost a little bit of juice uh, with Penn State's loss to Indiana. Still a pretty big one. It's still, if Ohio State triumphs in this game, we'll have to see where Penn State uh, finish out the rest of the year and what type of resume win that is for Ohio State. A series that began when Penn State got into the Big Ten pretty back and forth, but over the last, I think Ohio State's won three in a row now. I believe if I saw correctly earlier today, it's been seven of eight or eight of nine games uh, for Ohio State over them. Ohio State is a 13-point favorite in this game. In State College, I get that they don't have the home field advantage, but are you surprised by this line at all? Did you think it was too low for Ohio State? Maybe just a little bit. It opened at nine and a half. It's now up to eleven and a half. The nine and a half suggests that they're trying to bait you in to take Ohio State. But I, this is a case where I'd kind of take the bait. I, I don't. I don't know that this number is high enough, uh, especially when you consider how Penn State lost last week. Now I'm not in the locker room. I, I don't know what the teams like. And, and whenever you have situations like this, it can kind of go in any different direction. They could completely, you know, fold because of how they lost that Indiana game, and now they're going up against a team like Ohio State, they could bounce back and say, hey, let's get right back into it. Let's let's play our best game. It's you know the best team we're going to play this season. It could go anywhere in between those two things. So I feel like trying to guess what direction a team goes mentally is almost a waste of time unless you have a long sort of history of evidence with one particular team or coach or program uh, I just think Ohio State's considerably better than Penn State. So for me, it's kind of all about that. There's not a lot of advanced analysis that I have here other than Ohio State's better. They're clearly better. 
the the home field advantage is not going to be what it might be if it was some big sold out, you know, white out like we're kind of used to at Penn State. Just give me the better team and a reasonable spread for college. So that's four games. I mentioned 43 games as of right now. Hopefully we don't have any more cancellations. Again, we're talking here on Wednesday night. So there's four of 43. Looking over these other 39 games, uh, I had mentioned Clemson-Boston College. Curious on that line uh, coming into the episode here. We have Memphis-Cincinnati, Georgia-Kentucky. We also have your boys out in Conway, South Carolina, Coastal Carolina, going to Georgia State, looking to stay in the top 20. What are your best bets for the week? Yeah, uh, so just a quick note at the top. I feel like I bet too many games last week, and I, I think probably a lot of other people did with the influx of new teams. You were at 14, is that what you said? I bet 14 games last week, and it's, I bet them all midweek. And I woke up sad. I actually had a tweet about this where I looked at I looked at all of the bets that I had taken, and I was like, this is too many bets. So I'm focusing this week in particular on reducing my bet volume picking five or six good games, picking my spots, and going after it. So West Virginia is one of those bets. I feel really, really good. It's not about the team at all. It's all about the number. It feels like if you've watched West Virginia at all this year, which uh, obviously I have uh, you know, once or twice, uh, it is, you know, they, they say some teams find ways to win. West Virginia finds ways to lose. So it is kind of a tough team to bet on. It just really feels like that number is a very obvious signal to back the Mountaineers. I like Cincinnati against Memphis this week. Uh, Cincinnati is only a six and a half or seven point favorite, depending on what your book is. This is a legit top 10 team. I don't think their ranking is that inflated. The defense is good. And Memphis is getting a lot of respect here, given that the number is a touchdown or less. I I don't think they're in that league with Cincinnati. So I like Cincinnati at home. A pretty reasonable number against a team that has some nice wins. You know, the UCF comeback was pretty good, but you know that they probably shouldn't have come back and won that game. It was kind of unlikely how they pulled it off. So, I think they're maybe a little overinflated here, and I do think Cincinnati is ten points better than them at least. So, give me the Bearcats. I like Georgia Tech this week. I think twenty points at home. I understand that the defense is questionable. I get that, you know, they're not in the same league as Notre Dame. But talk about selling high. Notre Dame beat the shit out of Pitt. And believe me, I enjoyed watching it as a West Virginia fan last weekend. But Pitt's is just Pitt's just not that bad, and Notre Dame is not that good. We have a pretty significant body of evidence that suggests they are not going to beat the crap out of sort of mid-tier to bottom-tier ACC teams. So it feels like I'm selling high when I get Georgia Tech plus the 20. So I I do kind of like that as a smaller bet. Uh, I just think the value's there. Charlotte catching nine and a half points at Duke. This line is odd to me. Duke is not that good this year. Charlotte catching, you know, they opened at 11 and a half. So double digits. Now it's down to nine and a half. But still, I think they can win this game outright. They've been pretty decent this year. So that feels like too many points. I really like Charlotte. And then kind of this is this is where I definitely cut my teeth, these weird lower level games that I've been pretty good at historically. Uh, Texas State at home catching 16 and a half against Louisiana. Uh, Louisiana is a team I have bet against quite a bit this year, and I, I don't think I've lost a Louisiana bet yet this year. Uh, they are again coming off of a nice win last week. At UAB, this is a prime letdown spot. Give me Texas State 
plus 16 and a half at home, and I think they find a way to cover this game. Don't bother looking at what Texas State has played this this week uh, or this year. It is not an inspiring schedule, and the performances have not been inspiring. I just think this is about the number and the spot, and I really like Texas State in this spot. If, if you really just feel like having a meth-addled Saturday this weekend, UCF Houston, the total opened at 76 and a half. It has been bet up to 82 and a half. I rarely, rarely recommend you take a number that's already moved six points, but I'm telling you, 82 and a half is not a high enough number for this game. It, it is not. What's UC- the highest number you've ever seen? For a total? Yeah. It's getting around that number. It, You've never seen something into the high 80s or 90, have you? No, I, not that I can recall. No, I haven't. And so 82 and a half is about as high as I've ever seen. Maybe maybe like an 83, 84, 85 kind of thing. Don't think I've ever seen it go north of 85. That's a high number, and I'm saying go over it. Uh, just because <laughs> there's... I mean, the loser of this game is probably going to score 45 points. So I think I, I, think, uh, I like that a lot. I, I kind of like Iowa in a bounce back spot at home against Northwestern. It's been bet down to two and a half. So I like the spot there. How about the Scarlet Knights, baby? I can't believe you didn't bring that up earlier and I was ready to go. What do you got for him? At home, catching 10 and a half, playing against Indiana. Indiana's in a letdown spot. Even if you like Indiana, which I do, and I've talked him up a lot. Indiana is not the kind of team you want to lay 10-plus points with. They're just not that kind of team. So on the road, in a letdown spot after the big, massive, emotional win over Penn State, now they got to go to Rutgers, who is feeling themselves. How about Rutgers? Their team total, I saw uh, last week, one and a half. They could hit it in week two. Two and oh, cash the check. So I, I think this opened at like 12 and a half, maybe even 13 and a half. It's already down to 10 and a half. I would still take it. Again, you're not going to hear me say that very often, but I've, that feels like a, a nice little lean there just because if nothing else, you don't want to lay 10 and a half with Indiana. They're not that kind of, they're just not that kind of team. If uh, that play, let's say that play on the field was ruled that he was short, which I assume probably would have been upheld and Indiana loses that game. What's the line on this game? Even though that changes, we talked about this on Monday's episode, that literally changes nothing else. It's just a win or a loss. They yep. play the exact same. What is this line on the game? Um, you think it's three or four points different? Yeah, or are they I not think gonna it's like to six it? and a half or seven and a half. Yeah. That's insane. Nothing else changes. Everything else is the same. It's just the emotional high of a win and the public perception. I don't, I actually walked away from that game thinking Indiana was worse than when I went into that game, which is weird because they bet Penn because they beat Penn State, a really good top fifteen ish team in my opinion. But I just wasn't that impressed with Indiana. I, I'm shocked that they're at ten and a half for this game. Yeah, it's an odd number. It feels like an overcorrection, and which is weird because of what happened with Rutgers last week too. It, mm-hmm. It's weird to see an overcorrection where both teams kind of outperformed expectations. Hey, my one more that I'll give you: Wake Forest at Syracuse. Uh, Wake is laying 11 points on the road. Syracuse is one in five this year. Their their closest loss is by 11 points. And I feel like this number has a little bit to do with that whole, hey, almost beat Clemson last week. Like this number should probably be higher. It feels like that was the last gasp of their season. I can see Wake Forest really romping them here. All right, we'll be back on Monday. The episode will drop at 6 a.m. Central on Monday. What is that, November 
2nd, I believe. November 2nd, Monday, November 2nd, 6 a.m. Central. Looking back at week nine, small picture and big picture reactions as we welcome back the Pac-12. We'll probably talk about where they sit in the playoff picture before they've even played a game if there's any room for them. And then back one week from now, next Thursday with week nine, uh, week eight. Why am I struggling with this? We're going into week nine or week eight? Week 14. Can we just not use week numbers right now? Week October 31st. Every single week, I swear to God I get this wrong because it's not even close to what it should normally be. I have, I am sitting here right now and I have no idea what week we're heading into. Anyways, thanks for coming by. Thanks for checking out the High Motor Podcast. I saw a friend today. It had been a while. And we forgot each other's names. But it didn't matter cause deep inside The feeling still remained the same We talked of knowing one before you met And how you feel more than you see And other worlds that lie in spaces